0: Are you doing enough in your life personally and professionally to market yourself? You have questions, and the marketing madmen have answers. Search the marketing madmen on Google or your favorite podcast provider to get practical marketing advice from expert guests who are shaping and reshaping the business world. They say marketing is a madman's game. Join the marketing madmen every Saturday at 4 p.m. to find out why.
1: Welcome to Matt brought to you by WinView Games. I know a lot of you guys have played a lot of DFS and made wagers against the house. And sure, sometimes you win but probably more than not, you end up losing. Well, I want to introduce you to a new app called WinView. It's truly the most winnable way to play. New users actually win 50% of the time. It's that easy to win cash. All you need to do is answer yes, no questions before the game and even during it to win. So yes, they have live and pregame contests. You can play for free or real money against folks that you're smarter than. And you can play your first $100 risk-free, so there's no reason not to try it now. Use my link. It's winviewgames.com slash Matt. That's winviewgames.com slash Matt. Get there now. If you're an iOS user, that link will take you directly to the App Store. It's a no-brainer. winviewgames.com slash Matt for WinView. Hey guys, welcome to this week's edition of Welcome to Atlanta. We appreciate you guys making us your weekly destination to catch up with some of our favorite Atlanta and Georgia guests, both past and present. Let's not waste any time. Let's get to this week's edition of Welcome to Atlanta. All right, I know a lot of Braves fans still basking in a World Championship, but always have their eye on the future, which is a perfect day and a perfect reason to bring in Keith Law from the Athletic, who. For a living, keeps his eye on the future of baseball organizations. We're gonna take a deep dive on the Braves with Keith Law is kind enough to join us right now on this edition of Welcome to Atlanta. Keith, we appreciate the time and um I, I guess before we drill down into some some prospects and some names and Keith's got a piece up on the athletic as I said, kind of breaking down each team's top twenty prospects. Give me an overview of the Braves because the international sanction thing is is over the last couple of years. Been a factor in the organization in the depth of the minor league system. Uh, the graduation of several guys over the last couple of years has affected it. So, where are they right now? Say compared to a couple of seasons ago?
0: Uh, they're definitely lower, you know, lower in the farm rankings in Warsaw than they were a couple of seasons ago. But as I have said a couple of points uh, in my prospect rankings and the whole package that ran these last couple of weeks, that's good in that it help them win a world championship, right? They used the prospect capital they had to make trades or to help fill out the major league roster. And this is what you want. There's no, there's not actually a trophy for having the best farm system in baseball, even though I name someone every year, right? No one actually takes home a prize for that. The goal is to win the world series and they did build up a very strong farm system. And uh, when Alex Anthopoulos took over, the cupboard was quite full, and I think he's done a really good job both of using the prospects who were already there, many of them, uh, on the Major League roster or in trades. And then also, with you know, they have had limitations in because of the penalties for the violations in the international space. They've had to do a lot better, say, in the draft space. And they've changed their draft philosophy and I think have done pretty well the last two or three years. So I'd say the last three years in the draft getting creative finding talent especially some talent in later rounds to continue to restock the system so that they won't run out like i don't think this team is headed for a crash maybe the way the cubs were where the cubs just suddenly you know they tried to contend contend, contend and then suddenly it was just over and they had to trade everybody i don't think that's in the future for atlanta not at least not in the near future
1: so that's kind of a good comp though, right? The Cubs, when they were going for it, they made their mm-hmm. oldest Chapman deal and they made, you know, yep. a couple of other trades where they depleted their farm system, to go for the ring. To your point, Keith, it's interesting. While Alex has made deals and the, the the outfielders he acquired in this trade market and even before this, they haven't really given up their top end prospects, which has become a big talking point around Atlanta before the championship of why won't Alex be willing to give up any of these guys. What's your take and do you think the international part of this had something to do with Alex's thinking?
0: So, in terms of um, you know, one thing that is different between what Alex Anthopoulos has done versus what the Cubs did in some of those trades, they, they kept their they, they've kept their main prospects. And, you know, the Cubs traded away Glaber Torres, and they traded away Eloy Jimenez and they traded they actually traded away some other uh, prospects of note, so that they really just kind of wiped out the system. And then at the same time, they were not drafting as well. Obviously, they went from drafting in the top ten to the very back of the first round, and their drafts were much less productive. They didn't find the next Gliber or the next Eloy in international free agency to replace those guys as they traded them, whereas in the case of Atlanta – that's really not been the case. Alex has not. I don't think Alex is, is clutching his prospects. Certainly, I've known Alex for twenty years and worked together in Toronto. And obviously, he was the GM of the Blue Jays too. And there, he was also very aggressive and he was also willing to make big trades. But I think the right opportunity probably never presented itself in Atlanta. And I think he may have been keeping certain prospects for specific reasons. But I don't think there is a mentality there. That he's never going to trade his top prospects, but I think he, especially last year, realized the team had multiple smaller holes to try to fill. Didn't like, didn't see the single player out there in the trade market who might have changed the team's outlook completely. So instead, chose to make a number of smaller deals at the time, and several of which obviously worked out fantastically well. And in all of those cases, I, I don't think he traded anybody who would have been in my top ten for Atlanta's farm system this offseason. I think he traded some guys who turn out to be good for other clubs, but nobody where you're going to turn around and say, oh, my God, I can't believe they traded that guy. They won a World Series. And I don't think any of those prospects is going to do so well with their new clubs that you'll say that you ever regretted any of those deals.
1: Keith, let's talk about a couple of names, and, and I don't want to give away the full piece. I want people to go check it out at The Athletic. But, I mean, Braves fans certainly know some of the names at the top of the, mm-hmm. the prospect rankings. It went from... You know, and a lot of times, the unknown about the prospect is always what makes it more intriguing, and then you get your eyes on him, and you're like, oh, Christian Pache can't hit like we had hoped, or they knew the hit yeah. tool was going to be slow to come. You still have him at the top of the Braves' rankings in the prospects. Tell me what you thought of just the, I mean, he had a, such a small sample in the bigs, but how do you view him now as opposed to maybe a year or two ago? And he
0: didn't belong in the big leagues, too. That's the other thing I think folks need to keep in mind. I had a lot of people coming back and saying, you know, essentially saying Pache stinks, and the point that he stunk in the big leagues last year I think we can agree on that however he didn't belong he, his bat wasn't ready I, I could have told you that now his glove was ready and I think there's an argument to just say hey this guy's got to come up and play defense for you for three weeks in the majors that's not the worst outcome right this guy's an elite defensive center fielder he's one of the be- he might be the best in the minors He's certainly one of the best in the minors right now and he does have power so I don't think it's a huge leap to say, hey, this guy could come up play for a couple of weeks, hope run, maybe run into a couple of balls, to so he's not a complete zero at the plate. That latter part didn't happen, and then when he went back to Triple A, it wasn't what we hoped for, right? Especially you hope if a guy gets a taste of of hitting against major league pitching, he goes back to down to Triple A and says, oh. This is easier. I should perform particularly well. I should. You expect guys who do that to go back down to AAA and hit a little bit better because the caliber of competition has got li- gotten a little bit easier. And what we really mm-hmm. thought about AAA last year is that it's, it's the approach at the plate. He's just not disciplined or selective enough. I think he can get there. I think if he had a regular – right if he'd never come to the majors last year spent the first four or five months in triple a and maybe come up in september say we would look at him different we would think about him differently and i tried to take that perspective and say he's still an elite defender he's got 20 plus homer power he's never going to be a high on base percentage guy but he's not just a he's not a hopeless hacker at the plate he's got good plate coverage I think he can get to the point where he's selective enough that the power plays. And then when you figure the fact he's going to save 10 to 15 runs a year on defense, that's still a really good big leaguer. And and add to that the fact that he's pretty close, I was comfortable leaving him as the top prospect in their system.
1: It's a new year, which means it's time to try something new. And I'm talking to you folks who have not yet tried the daily draft in downtown woodstock i hope you'll go see my friend sean daly that's get it the daily draft this is the ultimate sports bar experience so as the football playoffs near and then baseball's around the corner knock on wood and all the fun springtime things that will happen in atlanta you're going to want to enjoy it at the daily draft it's downtown woodstock on main street what you're going to find a craft beer bar, self-serve taps, uh, big screens all around you to catch every view of the big game. And when I say a big screen, they have a movie size screen with a front row seat right in front of it that you can grab. If you get there at the right time to enjoy all your favorite games, a chef inspired menu with soup, salads, sandwiches, flatbreads, uh, you name it. They have everything to find everybody exactly what they want when you're going with the family, a boys night or a date night. TheDailyDraft.net is where you can find all the information about some of the nights, like trivia night, kids eat free night, and more. TheDailyDraft.net. Go find them downtown Woodstock, on Main Street. Tell them Matt sent you. You'll love The Daily Draft. Folks, I want to introduce you to a new partner here at Welcome to Mattland. It's my friend Holly Ramey from Mickey Travels. A travel planner is a great friend to have. And if you're like me, we got winter break coming up in a couple of weeks and then spring break and then summer vacation. You could be planning that vacation of your dreams, but that's a stressful job. Finding the best deals, understanding all the new travel protocols, not easy. Well, getting in touch with Holly Ramey at Mickey Travels will make that process so much easier. Whether it's booking your next trip to Disney, checking out that all-new Disney Genie system, which is intimidating, or knowing the current protocols if you're traveling abroad. Whether it's a cruise vacation, a beach trip, the Caribbean or Disney, Holly will help you do it all. She's a certified travel planner working for you, making the vacation planning process stress-free and hassle-free. And speaking of free... This is a 100% free concierge vacation planning service. You don't pay Holly a thing and she plans the vacation of your dreams. Plus, Holly also knows where to find some of the best deals so you can end up saving money in the long run. My family's been working with her and she's done a great job for us. She can do it for you. I want you to log on to the website. You can check her out at MickeyTravels.com or directly get in touch with her at Holly, H-O-L-L-Y, at MickeyTravels.com. That's Holly at Mickey, M I C K E Y, travels.com service she'll have your back making that vacation of your dreams possible today
0: hey are you tired of shopping your car and home insurance every single year well somebody's got to do it but that somebody doesn't have to be you at the Roads group we can get you up to 10 insurance quotes in less than 10 minutes visit us online today at roads groupcom
1: uh, let me ask you about Shea Langoliers who Braves mm-hmm. fans, again, from what they've heard and what they've seen, are very excited about the notion of having a catcher who can actually throw some runners out because that's been a, it's been a big issue for a lot of years. Tell me about the bat. Tell me about the receiving skills of Shea. How is the all-around player?
0: He's a really good receiver. I mean, it's funny; he's a little bit of like a Apache type behind the plate in that it, it's defense. And it's power. Langelier's a great catcher. It's been his reputation, really, since he was a sophomore at Baylor. Everyone said, this guy's going to probably go in the first round because he's such a good defensive catcher. And he's a college catcher, too. We feel better about drafting catchers out of the college ranks, much better than drafting them out of the high school ranks. He can catch. He can throw. People love how he works with pitchers. You hear all the good things about him behind the plate. And to his great credit, when he was coming out of Baylor, there was just a question of how much is he going to hit, period, of any sort. Hit for average. Hit for Power, get on base, whatever. He was very much a defense-first catcher, and you hoped maybe he'd hit for a little little average. He got a lot stronger during the pandemic. He came back last year showing quite a bit more power. I think it was 22 home runs over the course of last year. He will probably be a low OBP power guy behind the plate. But because his defense is so good, just because of the positional value of being a catcher. And if he hits 20-plus home runs a year – like guy might might make some All-Star teams, he will certainly be good enough to be this team's everyday catcher for six plus years, and I think he's going to get there fairly quickly. We should certainly see him in the majors at some point this year, even if he doesn't end up playing more than you know twenty or thirty games. We'll, he'll get his first taste of the major leagues at some point in twenty-two.
1: Keith, let me ask you about one of the guys that has sort of you know jumped up the the rankings or at least grabbed attention over the last year plus, and that's Michael Harris who, again, Braves fans have heard a little bit about. They heard about some of the tools, uh, the all-around player. Maybe not great in any one specific area, but the way he's described to me is he's good at a lot of different things, which will make him a, a, a good to very good major leaguer if he continues at this pace. Is that fair?
0: say i like the tools a little more than that it's okay. 70 runs so we have a scale for listeners who don't know it's 20 to 80 80 is elite. 80 is the best you know pache is an 80 defender in center billy hamilton and 80 runner unfortunately billy hamilton was about a 30 hitter so the running speed didn't really matter that much i mean harris to me 70 run and it's probably 70 defense in center Atlanta has a lot of good center fielders in their system. It's a nice problem to have. It may make Pache expendable because they'll say, well, between Acuna and Harris, we don't need a third elite defensive center fielder. is the best of them, but if they decide the bat's not going to work out, he could be expendable for them because Harris can play center. And he can really run, and he also has 20 homer power. The Harris, he would have if Harris's last two months were all accounted, he probably would have been in my top 30 or so. I happened to see Harris for a couple of games in the first half, and he was really struggling with off-speed stuff. He could hit a fastball. He can still hit a fastball. But if you spun it, turned over a changeup, he really had a hard time. Atlantis folks, the play development folks, think that he's made some adjustments. He was better in the second half. I would like to see him carry that over into next year if he comes out next year and he's conti- what we saw of that adjustment if that continues he's their best prospect at that point he's a top 30 or 40 prospect in baseball and he's a guy who will probably go 20, 20 20 homers 20 steals play good defense for you in center and maybe have a little bit more of that on-base ability that that i think is lacking in the other two guys that we talked about because I, I don't think it's a ball strike issue with harris it is a pitch type recognition issue, issue and those are often they do often go together, but in Harris's case he has one and not the other.
1: So this is the unfair part of this, because he's only twenty one and you never know what bumps in the road exist. Would mm-hmm. you project him as a twenty twenty three opportunity to be a big leaguer?
0: Yes. Yeah. I feel very good about that. Right. I think he he spent almost all of last year in high A. That's where I saw him because I live near Wilmington and, and Rome came through and uh got him and Jesse Franklin was there, a couple other guys. schuster pitched in that series here that means he probably spends most of this year at double a maybe finishes at triple a if he continues to progress especially you know i love seeing guys who make mid-season adjustments that's a great sign for a player if he carries it over to next year he will into this year sorry he should finish the year in triple a or or maybe in the majors might get a cup of coffee and that sets him up very well to potentially win a regular job in 2030.
1: And maybe the opportunity arises and the way this works and, and Keith knows this a lot better than I do, but you know, some guys happen to, you know, rise and you see the, the tools start coming together whereas other guys start to slip and we're hearing some of that about Drew Waters, especially when it comes to plate discipline and just and an approach at the plate. So tell me where Drew is now as opposed to maybe the last year or two.
0: And folks who, who have read my stuff before you know I've I've always been a bit of a skeptic of water's ability to hit really Um, going back to when he was first drafted he just does not have much of a plan at the plate at all I think he's very naturally gifted he is quite an athlete and he can run pretty well he also could play center field I don't think he's good as the other guys we've discussed defensively but he is a good defensive outfielder I think he'd be very good in a corner and I think if he had to be your center fielder you'd be fine with that but it really, the cracks really started to show even when he got to double-A. And last year, he pitchers just really exposed him. Uh, I think there's a lot of guess. I don't think there's much of a uh, an overall plan at the plate. I don't think the pitch-type uh, recognition is particularly good. I think he was getting by on tremendous athletic gifts until last year. But even when I saw him in the low minors and spoke to scouts who saw him, scouts tended to be much harder on him say, then uh, team analysts who, could, who were looking at the batted ball data and saying, well, this is all very good. And scouts were coming back and saying, no, this guy doesn't have an approach. He doesn't have any sort of plan at the plate. It's not going to work in the big leagues. It turned out it didn't work when he got to AAA. And now it's on him. I mean, the p- players can improve. That is absolutely an area where a player who has the right, who has the intelligence and has the work ethic can improve in that area. But so far, Waters hasn't made any of those adjustments. And that's why I sort but I think the third year in a row did not have him on my top 100, which you know, in past years, I got a lot of criticism for it. But this year, a lot of Atlanta fans are saying, well, now we understand.
1: No. Let me ask you about uh, the pitchers And and you don't have to do mm-hmm. deep dive if you don't want to But Braves fans got a look at Kyle Muller Last season, mm-hmm. it's, it's hard not to be impressed When you see the size and, and the velo And the things he brings They also got a, a brief look at Tucker Davidson and, and then Tucker got a chance to pitch in the World Series Here's the ball um, And we know the, the Kyle Wright thing has been a, a bumpy road Do you like any of those three More than the others? Do you think there's still something savable about, about Kyle? Is there a ceiling in the other two That kind of jump out at you?
0: Muller is the one who really impressed me last year, because honestly, before last year, uh, there were a lot of questions about Muller would end up a starter, whether he would end up a starter, despite the size, despite the velocity. Was the fastball good enough? Did he have command? Did he have enough secondaries? I think he showed enough of all of that in the majors last year. You know, the nice thing is when they come to the majors, not only do we get to see them against the best caliber of competition, but we get very detailed data on their pitches, deliveries, uh this the, the spin rates all of that information is much easier to come by obviously i can get some of it from teams on minor leaguers but we get uh, all of that data when they get to the major leagues and we compare it to everyone else and suddenly you look at Muller's, not just from watching him watching his starts but looking at his pitch data that's, hey, this guy's better than he was supposed to be. Maybe a lot of it was just improvement last year, but he does have the weapons to start. And I think he has some of the deception that's required, particularly between the fastball and the, and the curveball, that hitters are going to have a hard time distinguishing those at the point of release, which is a huge advantage for a pitcher. And I think his command is better than we thought it was, uh, or, or it has simply improved over the last couple of years and to the point where I look at him. Of those three guys you mentioned, that's the one I feel very confident saying, He's a starter. He has everything we're looking for in a starter. The other two guys have things they would need to improve for me to feel confident about calling them starters, especially for this season. But if Muller is in their rotation this year and makes 25 starts for them, I say great. I think they'll be better off for it.
1: Keith, you mentioned the philosophy change, and this was this was jarring to a lot of us because under the old regime the Braves were high school pitchers high school pitchers high school pitchers they were just always going to go that way and now we're seeing that change of you know Ryan Kusick and and Spencer Strider and um, mm-hmm. you know the last couple of years they, they went that way with Schuster as well now isn't the theory and this is my novice opinion because I don't follow this stuff as closely as you do is the theory I'm going to take the more refined college pitcher because I can sort of you know expedite the process and he can maybe be there a little quicker is that the theory with those guys and, and do you like any of them sort of on that track
0: that is, you you got about half of the theory, and the other half of it is unfortunately it's just injury, right? Yeah. High school pitchers just get hurt at a higher rate because you're sort of shepherding through them, them through some of the most dangerous years in terms of probability of injury between eighteen and twenty one or twenty two. In my book, The Inside Game, I have a whole half of a chapter that outlines: Hey, high school pitchers taken in the first round fail at a higher rate than any other category of player. Uh, college pitchers, college position players, high school position players, all about equal in terms of probability of either getting to the big leagues or having some kind of basic measure of success in the big leagues. And high school pitchers lag way behind. So my conclusion from that was you didn't take high school pitchers, just don't do it in the first round. You've got 19 other rounds to do it. And they did the Atlanta did that. There was 19 the year that they saved some money in the first round, and then from rounds 11 onward, they just kept taking these high school hitters and pitchers and went over slot on those guys repeatedly and ended up, I think, doing a great job of restocking the system with guys who took home mostly half a million dollars or less, which is very little money in baseball terms. And about four or five of them turned into pretty good prospects. That's how Vaughn Grissom came into the system. He was in that draft class. He was, not, he was on a team with a first-round pick. I saw him, lots of us saw him I don't think anybody, except maybe somebody in Atlanta's amateur department Thought he was as good a hitter as he has turned out to be since they drafted him So I am all in with the philosophy of no, We're going to go mostly college in the first round And then we'll, we'll take high school pitchers We're just going to do it later where there's lower opportunity cost with those picks
1: Do you think any of those guys could be ticketed to the bigs at the end of this year? Or are they still projected more for 2023 and beyond?
0: I think if we hadn't lost the 20 season, right, some of those guys could be trickling up to the majors this year. But most of those guys that were, I think they were pretty much all in the ball last year. And a few of them, like Tyler Owens, was one I really liked in that draft class, he just couldn't stay healthy last year. So he's basically lost just about two years now as a result of that. And a lot of those guys, especially if we're talking pitchers, and this is true, this is not just true for Atlanta, this is true for the entire industry. A lot of guys, you don't pitch in 2020 at all. You maybe you throw a little at the outsider instructs. in starts, but It kind of doesn't count, right? So how many innings could you possibly throw this year? And then how many innings can you be expected to throw next year? Well, a lot of guys couldn't even get to their innings limits in 2021 because they got hurt. Uh, you know, a lot of minor injuries last year. You look at, at how many guys only, you know, oh, this guy only made 11 starts last year. What happened? Well, a little forearm tightness, but he never had surgery. He's fine. I think a lot of guys just... Had a hard time coming back from a year of not pitching in games, not pitching with the kind of adrenaline and the kind of, hey, every pitch counts that you get from actually playing in games. And so that's pushing everyone's development timelines back a year. I think it hurts the high school kids more because they needed those, whether it's innings or at-bats, they needed those repetitions more. And it's why we're not going to see some of those guys from that 19 class for maybe one year more than we otherwise would have.
1: So let's finish up, and maybe it's the wrong term to use, sleeper, when somebody's outside of your top 10 prospects. But you mentioned a guy like Vaughn Grissom, or I know you had Braden shoemaker at number 10. Do you like a couple of those guys? Who else in that maybe next 10 do you think has a chance to make a jump?
0: I do like those guys a lot. I'm a big Freddie Tarnock guy. Now that scene series where they came through here. I was talking about seeing Schuster and, and – um uh, seen Harris, uh, Tarnock, which I had never seen to that point. I knew he was a great athlete. He was more of a position player in high school, and Atlanta had to coax him into pitching. Um, I'm pretty sure he's made the. he probably realizes at this point he's made the right decision. His stuff has really picked up. It's a lot of mid-90s. He's got a chance for two. I think above average, if not better, secondary pitches. The delivery is good. The command is improving. I think that's still not there. This guy's just not pitched that much in his life, so I'm not shocked that the command lags a little bit, but it's pretty good. And this is premium stuff. If you just had no idea of the history of the kid, you'd probably walk out of the park thinking he was a first-rounder, maybe a second-rounder, and talk about him as a potential above-average Major League starter. I think he's on that trajectory. And I think another full season from him – doubt he gets to the big leagues this year. It's not impossible. They're just probably too good uh, as a major league club to to do that. But would not surprise me at all, all if he were on my global top 100 ranking as we go into the 23 season, and then that's when we see him make his debut.
1: It's a new year, which means it's time to try something new. And I'm talking to you folks who have not yet tried the Daily Draft in downtown Woodstock. I hope you'll go see my friend Sean Daly. That's, get it, the Daily Draft. This is the ultimate sports bar experience. So as the football playoffs near and then baseball's around the corner, knock on wood, and all the fun springtime things that will happen in Atlanta, you're going to want to enjoy it at the Daily Draft. It's downtown Woodstock on Main Street. What you're going to find? A craft beer bar, self-serve taps, big screens all around you to catch every view of the big game. And when I say a big screen, they have a movie-sized screen with a front-row seat right in front of it that you can grab if you get there at the right time. To enjoy all your favorite games, a chef-inspired menu with soup, salads, sandwiches, flatbreads—you uh, name it—they have everything to find. Everybody exactly what they want when you're going with the family, a boys' night, or a date night. The DailyDraft.net is where you can find all the information about some of the nights, like trivia night, kids eat free night, and more. The DailyDraft.net. Go find them downtown Woodstock, on Main Street. Tell them Matt sent you. You'll love the Daily Draft.
0: Hey, I'm Holly, a local business owner and busy mom of three. Look, I don't even remember the last time I took an uninterrupted shower. I definitely don't have time to shop for the best insurance rates. That's why I called the Rhodes Group. As an independent agency with relationships with multiple providers, they have the expertise I need to get the best coverage at the lowest rates. Check them out at Rhodes-Group.com. That's R-H-O-A-D-S-Group.com.
1: Folks, I'm not a great sleeper. I never have been. I need everything to be just right to get the best night's sleep possible. One of the things that I need to be just right is my pillow. And guess what? It's right now. Thanks to MyPillow.com and I tried the MyPillow Premium, it's been a game changer for me. I went with the MyPillow Premium because I wanted the right neck support. I was tired of the old pillows going flat on me. And thanks to Mike Lindell who invented the MyPillow product, which took over two years to develop, because he wanted to make sure everything was perfect with the pillow that we all were gonna need for the best night's sleep. Well, that's just one of the great products that MyPillow.com has available to you guys, and I want you to go to MyPillow.com right now. You can look for yourself and see the perfect pillow for you, but now Mike's changing the game with his six-piece towel set. This set is made with USA cotton, making it extremely exorbitant, yet still providing you the soft feel and the look you want in your towel. The set comes with two bath towels, two hand towels, two washcloths, typically retailing for $109.99. But for a limited time, you can get this set for the low price of just $39.99 with promo code MAT. Promo code M-A-T-T. Remember, all MyPillow products come with a 60-day money-back guarantee. Just go to mypillow.com, click on the Radio Listener Special to get this insanely low. Price of just $39.99 on the towel set. You'll find other deep discounts on all other MyPillow products as well. Enter promo code MAT at MyPillow.com. Uh, I lied. There is one more thing I would ask you because Brave fans are, are <laughs> gripping like everybody else about the Freddie Freeman thing. He's still unsigned. Whenever the lockout ends, they'll have to do that. The plan B that everybody has come up with is the Matt Olson thing out in, in mm-hmm. Oakland. What kind mm-hmm. of package, if you were just projecting, if Freddie does leave, and, and I know that Brave fans don't want to hear that, but and the Braves wanted to get in a serious discussion with the A's, what would they be asking for?
0: That's a good question. I don't know. You know, I have not spoken to the A's. Obviously, nobody is allowed to talk about players on the 40 man right now. So this would just be my speculation. I do think Atlanta would be in good position to do it because they could trade one of these center fielders we've talked about, not Acuna, obviously, one of the other guys, um, as well as trading from some of that additional prospect depth that we were talking about, Those mostly that 2019 class that's helped fill out the lower levels of the system. I also wonder, would Oakland say – you got Langoliers coming. We'll take William Contreras. You know, we'll just take – because Oakland's philosophy, too, is they're fine taking someone who's maybe a little bit of a – not a failed prospect, but a prospect whose star has dimmed a little bit and say, we'll take those – those guys are often better than they look. We'll bring them in will give the major league playing time in a very low pressure environment they've done a really good job over the last 20 years of of doing that of taking guys who just didn't quite pan out with their previous clubs but saying this guy was a prospect for a reason we will take those guys on and see if just a change of environment even helps them but, but based on what you're that. saying
1: you think it's a three for one kind of a scenario uh, uh just again projecting a apache a- A uh, William Contreras, one of the pitchers, is is like does that? Because I'm bad at that. I'm horrible at projecting trades. Is that something? I'm not
0: good at it either. I'll be honest. I'm (laughs) really not. It's so long since I was doing that stuff in front (laughs) office, and it's changed so much too. You know what happens? Then if you like that, then suddenly we look and. Oh, and somebody gets taken off of Atlanta's, you know, GCL roster. Who, you know, even people like me barely know who that guy is. Or even someone off the DSL. We see those guys included in trades now because teams do scout them. Um, because uh, obviously, because as, as a reaction to the fact that most clubs don't like trading players from Double A AA and Triple A, Michael Harris is probably not going to be included in this trade because Atlanta, I think, realizes they got a chance for a star. We don't want to trade that guy. We'll trade you four other guys from the system. We'll trade you two guys off the DSL roster. That's fine. So those guys do get included in deals so it might be a four for one instead but one or two of those guys would be players who you look at my org report for atlanta uh, on the site and and say oh this guy isn't even on keith's list doesn't mean he's not a prospect just means they're so far away that that's you know oakland maybe just taking a flyer on somebody who's really still very much a lottery ticket
1: Keith, I've kept you too long. I appreciate it. That's some great information. I know Brave fans will dig it. Uh, You guys can check out Keith's prospect rankings for the Braves and for everybody else. He did it for the Athletic. It's a great uh, deep dive on that and the book. Let people know where they can get the inside game as well.
0: Uh, Anywhere you buy books, so bookshop.org, Amazon, obviously, Barnes & Noble. If you have an independent bookstore near you, that's where I always encourage people to buy their books during the pandemic. Those stores suffered a lot. And um, even if you go to bookshop.org, it helps support independent bookstores. But if you have one nearby, just give them a call. The Inside Game and Smart Baseball would both be available. Uh, If they don't have them, they can certainly order them for you.
1: Keith Law, it's a pleasure, my friend. Thank you so much for making some time for us. Thanks for having me. Guys, thanks again for joining us. We appreciate it very much. Thanks to Matt Lear for producing the podcast, and thanks to you guys for making us your weekly destination. We'll talk to you next week on Welcome to Mad Atlanta.
0: Welcome to Atlanta where the players play and we ride on the things like every day. Big beats, hit streets, see gangsters roaming and parties don't stop till 8 in the morning. Welcome to Atlanta where the players play and we ride on the things like every day.
1: Big beats, hit streets, see gangsters roaming.
0: Uh-huh.